Hello, my fellow Westorians. We are back for another predictions episode. We didn't get to do a full predictions episode last week because we were at Ice and Fire Con. And, well, that wasn't such a big deal because before the battle, we had pretty much already talked about who we thought was going to die and some other things. And, you know, uh, we'd covered a lot of it already. But it was a climactic episode. And now we're halfway through the season in terms of number of episodes, but in terms of length. The second half of the season is about 45 minutes longer than the first, or quite a bit. Uh, so episode three will go down as the longest Game of Thrones episode ever, but the next three are almost as long, like a minute or two short or four minutes short, respectively. So in terms of runtime, we got a lot more to go, a lot more to discuss, a lot more to theorize about today. And I don't know, that the, uh, the trailer didn't reveal a whole lot, so we're going to have to do our, we have our work cut out for us today, but I know a lot of you all have ideas and theories and questions that you've asked, so there is plenty to talk about. We will be getting deep into it. Um, you ready for that, Sean? The, the trailer revealed clearly that Bran is the Night King. <laughs> Indisputable. Indisputable. Confirmed. He's also uh, Babe Ruth and... Um, <laughs> Uh, Bill Gates and um, yeah, George Washington. Well, that one's still disputable. Okay, that's but it's it's almost proven at this point. So a couple quick announcements, and we'll get right to it. The Thrones Effect is a book that we contributed a chapter to. There's also a chapter by Gray Area, a chapter by Ideas of Ice and Fire, a chapter by Game of Thrones Academy, a chapter by Secrets of the Citadel, and several more. And our, our chapter is a lot of fun. It's uh, out now. The book is. You can get it from our website, historyofwesteros.com. And I hope you enjoy it. It's audible, uh, available as well, as well as a hardcover, or rather physical copy, ebook, and audible uh, version. And we did the audible version. So it was our yes, first time submitting a, an audiobook. That was nice. It's a paperback. Yeah, not no, hardcover, not paperback. Hard. That's yeah. I didn't mean to say that. Correction. Good correction. Also want to announce the Intelligent Speech Conference that is going to be hosted by uh, the Agora Podcast Network, which we are a part of, and it's going to be June 29th in, at the Norwood Club in Chelsea, New York. So a lot of y'all New Yorkers will get to come, and I'll be going as well. Special guest announcement, we're going to have Mike Duncan, Mike Duncan of the History of Rome podcast. It's his first ever convention appearance, and he's one of the most successful history podcasters of all time. His, the history of Rome is widely held up as one of the best history podcasts ever. I've listened to it all the way through twice. So I'm a fan looking forward to meeting him. He's also a baseball fan. So I get to talk to him about baseball. That's going to be fun. It just so happens though, that this conference is taking place the same weekend as pride. I just found that out. So that'll be a little bit hectic, but Hey, that's fun. Also a shout out to our sponsor, the Shire post mint. They have some awesome History of Westeros-style coins, current and old, and from Essos as well. They sent us a big batch of cool coins that I shared on Instagram as well as on Twitter. And you can get 15% off at Shire Post Mint using the discount code HISTORY. So felt, it felt cool to just hold them in your hands. I, I, I felt like I was like a, a merchant, you know. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, how much for a, you know, I need a penny, a, a Robert Baratheon half penny to pay for this and a I felt Bravosi really, iron coin. I felt really ready if I was ever magically transported to Westeros. No matter what region I were in, I could get, you know, a warm meal and a bed. <laughs> felt well prepared. Some of the coins you would, would be dangerous to pass, right? There's a Damon Blackfire Golden Dragon, which is, you know, that's an illicit coin. You can't be spending that. 
That's the one I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, you can ask away. Patrons can send questions ahead of time, and we have several patron questions lined up. We'll always try to answer those. Super chats are also always answered during the episode, and we also take questions from the chat room, but it's not the most reliable method because the chat room is often very busy, and we can't possibly see every comment. Shea has got a lot going on. We're hardly able to monitor the chat at all while we're uh, talking, so I'm sure you all understand that. Uh, that's just how it is. Um, it's like I said, the, the trailer's not super revealing, but uh, it makes me suspicious. You know, we like to try to predict to keep things simple, but, you know, I kind of wonder if they're hiding something, right? Um, what do you think? Are you think they're maybe hiding some things, maybe hiding some surprises, or maybe it's just as straightforward. They're building up for this last conflict. I'm always prepared for them to be deceiving us in some way, whether it's hiding stuff or showing things in a different order. Yeah. But uh, they didn't last week, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> so, they didn't. <laughs> <clears throat> there are a few things that were revealed here that maybe aren't like we don't necessarily like figure out how it's going to end, but things that people wanted to know, like is ghost alive. Well, there was a little image of him there. So yeah. wait, the, that might not have been a trailer. That might've been it wasn't the, the trailer. steals. It was stills that released. Was it a trailer? Uh, I think it was both. I realized I got way, it juxtaposed, but anyway, either way it's, that's all kosher for these episodes. Just a reminder for predictions and theories episodes, anything that's been in an interview or a trailer is kosher. We never discuss leaks. I don't even think there are leaks for this. So that's, pretty safe but just in case it wasn't clear we do not discuss leaks so yeah there's even if it is even if it does kind of come simple-ish you know if it just boils down to a Cersei Euron conflict and then John and Danny resolving the parentage and the war maybe there isn't a whole lot else to deal with there could be some surprises within that and there's still room to be anxious about the characters that we love uh well that we love that's the end <laughs> of that sentence and it's uh it's also you know, be anxious about characters you love to hate. Also, <laughs> that's true. You're like, I hope they die. If they don't die, I'm gonna be mad. No, and it's it's you know it's fun to be right when your predictions are not common. You know, when you make a prediction that a lot of other people aren't making, and you're right, that's pretty fun. Uh, so even though we often try to keep things simple with the predictions, because that's you know uh, Occam's razor. I, I know in Deep Geek brought that phrase back, and that's we're we're kind of similar in that regard. That we we like the tinfoil theories, but we recognize that the simpler answers are almost always correct. But like I said, it's kind of fun. To, that's It's fun to make predictions that are a little out there just in case you're right. And uh, it's just fun in general. We won't spurn tinfoil, not completely anyway. Mm -hmm. But we'll start by laying out what we know and what we think we know. And then we'll move on to these guesses and predictions and we'll kind of get more out there the farther we go. So the most immediate need is for scenes just after the battle. Like, obviously, you got to have aftermath. Like, that was an insanely huge battle. You can't just be like, all right, what's next? Uh, the trailer shows a scene that Ashea has got here of survivors holding a mass ceremony outside the front walls. You got uh, a lot of bodies there. It looks like they're getting ready to burn them. John, Danny, Grey Worm, Sam, Tormund, and Sansa are all armed with torches. Looks like they're getting ready to burn the bodies. I saw one comment from, from uh, I forget where it came from, that they hoped that Theon's body was taken to the sea. But uh, probably not. But maybe he gets a separate funeral or something like that. You know, there's a mass funeral for the nameless is, makes sense. But they might have something more specific for the, the named characters, you know. You could just throw them in a gutter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of interesting in this scene. Bran is sitting in the center of everything kind of alone, you know, a little isolated. Not isolated, but you know what I mean. Like no one's standing next to him because, well, he doesn't have friends exactly. You know, he's it's, it's who would? It's hard to, hard to be near him, I guess. Sandor's kind of off in his own, too, by the way. That's true. That's kind of normal for him, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both of them have their uh, their reasons for being hermity. Uh, and then, like you said, Ghost is there. That confirms he survived the charge. And how could the undead kill Ghost anyway? 
He's a ghost. They can't kill. He's one of them. (laughs) (laughs) So a good question we have here is who's going to be the most impacted? There's trauma. There's loss. There's northern houses with no rulers. We have Last Hearth. There's just no people at all. I mean, it's a weird situation to have. You have a castle with nobody, like completely abandoned. So they're going to have to give that to somebody and, you know, distribute the remaining lands to whoever's left. And and maybe in a few cases, punish a few people who didn't... uh, didn't show up. A couple of people were asking us about Lord Glover and whether or not he'll get punished for not being there. How do you think they'll handle that? You think they'll just be like, the North is so messed up, we can't afford to have more pain and suffering? Or you bastard didn't show up to help when we most needed it. What the hell, man? You know, what do you think? How do you think it'll go? I think there's a chance that even though it might not geographically make sense, yeah, but there's a chance they just got killed. Like the show might just say that you're right. They kind of hinted that already. If they're not yeah. here now, they're fighting for the dead. You know, so you're right that they that would be cheating geographically. But you're also right that they have done that before. So it, it, you're right that could be <laughs> simple. That then it just boils back to that first question. It was like, well, who's going to run Deepwood Mott now if there's no Glovers? And uh, yeah, you got a Sansa. You would assume is going to be in charge of a lot of that, especially as trail, the trailer reveals that John does appear to be heading south with Danny. I think about this a lot, and it, if I get too deep into it, I start to get frustrated. It bothers me so much. But also, I realize it's not good entertainment. But whenever there's a battle, you know, and a, a bunch of people die, usually, pretty much, that just means a village is dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like in in the real world, it, it was only relatively modern times that units had individuals from different areas. Yeah, the eighty second Airborne Division is called All American. Their their patch is two A's, AA for All American. Yeah, they're the first unit that had a soldier from every state. And this is like in World War II. You know, this is units usually were just like all the men from a town signed up, and that was it. That that company or that platoon. I don't think you so see why they, that made sense because they would yeah. know each other and yeah, and they were all physically together. Came from the same area, went to meet the leaders in some area. That just yeah. you know they had their own leaders within. It's just that's just how organizations like call the banners. Right when you call the banners, what that means is some lord has all the the men or warriors or whatever from their town or their village, their province, whatever, get together and and head in to fight. Yeah. And if they enter a battle and they all die, that means all the men from that that area, that that province, that village, they're all dead now. And uh so when we see thousands and thousands of them die, there's just there's communities are just gone now. There's Entirely entire gone. communities mm-hmm. are just gone. Yeah. And it's not like the women and children were like waiting for the men to come back. Some of them were fighting and some of them were, were overrun by the dead in the first place. So they, yeah, you know, it's not just like a lot of times you say that, like with the village thing in, in the real world, they still have women and children. They're still a village. They're not, you know, it's pretty much, it's decimated, but there's something left. There's the old people, the young, you know, like the two people who are in this case, nothing. Yeah. Like complete nothing. Wow. So just the nature of what the North is, you know, their ability to wage war in the future, there's... This generation's just gone. They can't raise another army. They shouldn't be able to raise another army, you know, next year or whatever. They probably can't harvest crops. There's going to be all kinds of repercussions of this kind of massive death in a region. Yeah. And you think that, and you can kind of get gather that maybe from the trailer a bit. Like, there's some scenes with Daenerys where she's like leading people in cheers and celebration. Like, yeah, now let's go finish the last war, blah, blah, blah. And it's it's all it, you don't see like John or Davin, any of these people celebrating. Maybe they do, but you just don't see it. But I, I kind of I, I really don't think John's going to be celebrating anything. But it's a much different perspective. Like Danny's not from the north. She she she's happy that they defeated this conflict. She can go back to you know what she was doing before. 
But the North is like, we have to go fight again? Another war? We haven't we contributed enough, you know, to this? Can we just chill for a minute, you know? But John and Davos and those guys that are clearly riding off to go fight again, I guess, you know, <laughs> maybe yeah. riding off to go have a party. Probably not, but it's probably going off to fight. So, you know, a lot of times that I think it was a Stalin quote, he said something like 50 people dying is a tragedy, 500,000 people dying is a statistic, you know, yeah. that's, that's almost a scenario here. Even as we watch the show, like, I'm not shedding a tear for the thousands of people that died. I'm sad about Theon, but there's every other person that died. They had their own story, their father that they couldn't live up to, their home they wanted to get back to, their whatever it is, you know. And I, part of me wants to see this tragedy and this drama. I want to see people be affected by it. People should come to tears over this. Yeah, oh, you know? I agree. Uh, it was like like my- Grey Worm. Think about Grey Worm. He, he lost so many of his men and he had to sacrifice some of them. Like during the battle, he had to make this decision that he knew would doom a lot of them. Like I could see that just no, him never forgetting, never forgiving himself for that, even though it was kind of, he had to do it, you know? I don't think they'll have time. I don't think they'll take time to show us this trauma that everyone should have, this you know, terrible thing that I, I when I think about just it, right? how many wars happen in history, how many humans in history have gone through this, it's, I almost wonder if we're maybe spoiled by modern times. You know, we mm-hmm. go to war now, we're at war for 10 years and like, I don't want to misquote a number, but you know, relatively small, like a few hundred people die. Whereas in Vietnam, like hundreds of people dying every week, you know, we just wouldn't stand for that back mm, then, you know? Yeah. No, um, it, it, we just did an interview with Max Brooks and ML Cavanaugh. It's podcast only right now. Um, so if you're a video watcher, you're going to want to check our podcast feed for that. And he made the same exact point or very similar point. He said, Max did, he said, thank you for your service is a way, to, is like a indication of that detachment. This is like, that's it. You thanked the soldier and you're done. And it's like, that sucks. Like, it should be more than that. It should be more than just lip service and and uh, it should be more involved. Like, yeah, people, real families are losing their sons and daughters. And yeah, and you're right. Like, and we are detached from it. You're absolutely right. And this stuff like this isn't exactly a way to get us back into it because it's fantasy. But it does at least remind us that there's the real things out there. I didn't mean to go off on quite as much attention on that, but is the thing that part of me wishes would be handled more and focused on more all the the effects of all this death both emotionally to individuals and also the impact on the culture yeah um but i don't think they'll get into all that i think it's gonna be a little more focus on yeah danny and john's parentage who's gonna get the throne what Cersei's gonna do next i think there'll be some but i agree it won't be you know a lot probably i appreciated that moment with sam when he just like Ran, Ed's dead and just turned and ran like that was a, you know, it's maybe sad or disappointing. You want to see him be a hero and be brave. But the reality is, if you're standing there and your friend got killed in front of your eyes, never mind, there's zombies everywhere. Like, (laughs) that's scary, dude. Like, maybe some trained unsully, they can stand up for that. But just a random person, even an above average person, whatever that means, you know, you're going to be affected emotionally by all this. And that's a thing that happens in war, too, like real life. There's plenty of, like, stories of dudes who fought in 50 battles and then they cracked in their 51st battle. And a lot of times it's because... Of someone, they seeing someone die. Can I also you know? take a moment? I don't know if either of you saw that tweet going around with the unnamed soldier that was no. in. Oh, I did. I uh, did. I'll share it. I'll, I'll move it on the screen. I quickly okay. grabbed it. There's an actor who's yeah, been in actor. like like twelve different battles. Yeah, as the show's in six. He was in. Okay. He was in season five yeah, of nine, been yeah. fighting for Stannis and survived. He fought the Battle of the Bastards with Jon Snow. He was the third person to yell "King in the North." 
<laughs> then he was there to welcome Bran at the gate when he arrived. Then uh. he was still there in episode, uh, season eight, episode one, and then he died. No, oh, why'd you ruin the story? <laughs> oh. Oh, damn so, it. so there you guys go. I just in terms of you know the unsung and many, you know, just, yeah. He was. He's been in all these battles, and you didn't. We didn't even know a name for him. <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> it is. I did see someone point out, by the way, noteworthy, two characters, noteworthy, you know, central characters that have survived three main battles. They survived Blackwater, Bastards, and Davos Long and Night. Tyrion would be two of them, right? And Sansa. Okay. Yeah. Tyrion wasn't at Battle of the Bastards. Oh yeah, you're right. He was just Blackwater. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. That's a good point. <laughs> nice. That's very good. Okay, let's take our first set of questions, and then we'll move on to what we think is coming next, as far as plot lines after the aftermath. Oh, also, just to say, besides the Unsullied, there's also the Dithraki. We really don't have much expectation of them getting scenes, because they didn't really get them much before, and now, like, and they don't even speak common tongue, and Jorah d- is dead, and he's the one that would speak with them. I mean, Danny could speak with them, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have much hope for that either, but... I just want to point out, by the way, that sure. that's another minor point of frustration for me, probably for a lot of other people, too. I, I had this thought about people speculating on Dario showing up. Yeah. And I feel like, nah, that 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 won't that, that shouldn't happen. I feel like that shouldn't happen because we spent so much time, Danny trying to, uh, I can't think of the word, but stabilize those city-states. Yeah. To, 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 to bring justice and freedom and now she's leaving for this bigger goal that she has and leaves Dario in charge. Yeah. And the idea of him being like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go help fight, da-da-da. It's It kind of discredits that whole plight. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. So I feel like we spent so much time, thank you, <laughs> I feel like we spent so much time learning about these this, this culture and these characters and this army. It was kind of Danny's people. And they stuck with her, yeah. and then it got wiped out, and they haven't had a speaking character forever. I, I just feel like it kind of yeah. There's a lot of people that credits that whole segment of what yeah. should have been so important. It would have been more meaningful for Danny, like when the scene where their the Dothraki or their charge goes horribly, and Danny is emotionally motivated to go get into the battle because of that. Would have resonated a lot more if we had seen more of that attachment, more of that connection with her. Yeah. And, her and this gets down to, I mean. W- they were just set dressing at a certain point and yeah. that's already an issue when you just have these characters just purely there as extras but when they're the only people of color and like we have Missandei and Grey Worm but no Dothraki characters it's a very very valid bad criticism yeah. bad optics for sure yeah. if it's not intended it does not look good um, good question from Dude Man Bro who asks about Night King's touch and wonders why Arya wasn't turned into a White Walker because he touched her neck. Now, I think there's a simple answer, which is that he, it's not just an active thing. It's not like Midas, that everything he touches turns to gold. I think he's like, he's casting a spell. I, that's what I think, too. Yeah. yeah. And he it didn't has, cast it, a spell there. It's he, an active intent, not just yeah. not just incidental contact, just suddenly, instantly does it. I think he has to decide yeah. this person or dragon is now a walker, you know. And it might be harder to do on a living, like he did it on a baby, so he did convert a living thing. That's the only time we've seen a living thing convert. Everything else was the dead. If he, But it shows that he can do it to a baby. It doesn't mean it would be just like... To a to a, like an adult, you know, someone and, has willpower or or I don't know. And in and in the other cases, it also didn't seem to be this sudden instant transformation, right? It seemed yeah. to be this gradual shift. And in that moment of shifting, or he stabs him, he dies, and it wears off of her. Like even if it was instant contact, she might have 
dispelled. Yeah. Dispelled. Dispelled. <laughs> dispelled. Dispelled. Anyway, it's a good question. And we wonder if, uh, you know, but it's, I think it's just, it just comes down to the way the magic works. From Rebea Lady. Or Blade. maybe next episode, Arya's the Night King. <laughs> <laughs> Bran and Arya are. Just in case, Night King I'm, I'm predicting that now. Just, I'm just going to throw out <laughs> as many predictions as I can. One of them will land. <laughs> Uh, Rebecca Lady of Waves asks uh, related questions to House Glover and Deepwood Mott in addition to whether or not they're going to get punished. She wonders if they are going to be punished, might they join Cersei? And because to avoid punishment, uh, mm. they might. If it's all if it's about survival, then, you know, it would be a dirty thing to do. But if it's about survival, then they might do that. Um, Depending on how things go, I it seems for a lot of reasons like. The battle is going to move down to yeah. It seems like to, uh, yeah. We may not get House Glover mentioned at all, right? It's not, so not <laughs> if Cersei was headed up that way, I could imagine she stops by every other house on the way, join us or die. Yeah, and so that could be what happens. But maybe it's the other way around. Anyone who didn't join the North already, as the North marches down, maybe we join us to die. But I think they're probably not marching down; they're sailing down. Yeah. Aside from all that, I guess mm-hmm. this is kind of in line with what we started off talking about. Is it? There are like a lot of seats to fill at this point. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of um, characters that could potentially take on new roles. Maybe too much of a thing to get into right now, but something to think about for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if they'll be addressing that at all. I think there's a decent chance they will. Even if it's just one line of dialogue, one line would be so much more than zero. That's for sure. Question from Tracy McMillan, a.k.a. Lady R. Ardross. Thank you for your ha- all your hard work. It's appreciated. Could you shout out my good friend and fellow patron, Jessica Pick, who's getting married today? Absolutely. Congratulations, Jessica Pick, on your nuptials. And thank you for your patronage as well. Very good luck to you in your wedding and marriage and everything that comes. From Sam Rosenberg. What do you think are Jon Snow's motivations now? What does he want out of life now that the long night is over? Prestige, like when we met him? Love? Family? Whew, tough question because, I mean, he's put everything into this goal that he just completed and now there's all the trauma of loss and everything to deal with. I don't know that he has... I think his motivation is just to be... is peace. I think he wants to be done fighting, probably. I think he wants to rebuild the North. He cares about the North... And uh, yeah, I don't think he cares about prestige. I don't know that he's ready for love because this person he just fell in love with is now like, oh, damn, that's my aunt. Uh, She might be okay with it, but I don't think he's going to be okay with it. A family? That's possible, but. (sighs) I will say I feel like this question is a little bit of a loaded question. Like, to clarify, I'm not so sure prestige was a motivation when we met him, even. Um, I don't want to say it definitely wasn't, but I really think it was... Well, he wanted to do he, something he noble ex- and honorable. He wanted acceptance, too, it, from his family. Acceptance, yeah, yeah, that's it, right. And so he, a way to do that might be through prestige or glory or da-da-da, but sure. I don't think he necessarily wanted prestige or glory or whatever. Uh, in fact, I've pointed out many times, I felt like he has sought out responsibility. Mm. He's trying to do the right things, trying he, to help he, his he, family, he, society, whatever. He wanted to do some daring things. He wanted to be a ranger. Like some of that's responsibility, but some of that sure. is wanting to do a flashy that's fair. Yeah. thing. Yeah, he wanted to be a ranger. He's to go brave. Out and fight. Right. Yeah. He does want maybe adventure, I guess. But uh, but like all the other Stark kids, they realize what they thought they wanted was kind of naive when they see mm. what it really is. and not so sure about it anymore. He's tried to be a man of his word. Even when he got into things, he realized wasn't what he thought. He's tried to stick to them. Yeah. But um, and and through his we'll say good character, he has ended up gaining prestige and maybe 
power. Um, right on. But I think that he doesn't really want it. I think, yeah. I mean, especially, and I, a lot of this is like kind of theorizing that I've done, just thinking about the nature of his character and his actions and so forth. But he did say when he, <laughs> after he was dead, he's like, no, I don't want this. I don't want it. He didn't want it. He tried to stop Sam from nominating when he was uh, <coughs> being elected to the uh, Lord Commander position. You know what I mean? I, I feel like we've multiple times seen him actively avoid power like that. And, um, but, Which is why it's so sure he's not going to want the throne. It's right. so overwhelming. And he hasn't certain. been concerned. Like the idea, like he he didn't really care about bending the knee to Danny. I, I don't think that he like, you're not my queen. Yeah. I don't think he was like too proud for that. It's just that his role as a leader, kind of like Mance, he just can't do it. The rest of the North won't follow him. He, yeah. His he needs personal the North to follow desire like, had nothing right. to do with any of that. Yeah, now, and maybe that's separate from prestige, I guess. But I guess my point is that I think that he does want maybe not anonymity exactly, but I think he wants to just go home, whatever yeah. that means. I, I you think, know? Yeah, he's kind of like, I mean, I think the, one of the better analogies to another fantasy story would be Frodo. He's, this all messed him up and he doesn't want to, he's just like, yeah, he wants to be by himself, maybe be around a few close ones, but if he just wants to like be by himself, like totally solo, like a hermit, that would make sense too, you know? Now, things might have changed with Danny. If he's willing to love Danny, that might make him want new things. Maybe it will be part of the bittersweetness at Danny's ambition. You know, he's like, look, I don't want this. You know, yeah. like, I don't want to go be king and fight wars and be in charge of people's lives and taxes and dragons. And like, <laughs> yeah. You're all excited about it. You go ahead, man. Yeah. But. And uh, speaking of the dragon thing, it's interesting. We see some shots of Danny reconnecting with Rhaegal and there's no, not necessarily. So people were wondering if like that's a John's dragon now. I don't know. I don't know. If there's any kind of bond there. It's a book thing, and I don't know that there is a bond between Rhaegal and John. Uh, I do think he'll ride him again, but I. But it still seems like from the portrayals in the, in the trailer that that's still her dragon, and if Dan, you know, uh, which is probably won't how like. And then I think a lot of people made the assumption that it's John's dragon now because we're assuming we fall back on book logic when we don't have show logic to replace it. You know, when the show doesn't make its own canon, we just fall back on book canon. That sometimes doesn't work out. This might be one of those cases, but it's also a developing situation. Uh, from Yon Petrescu, you guys think we're going to see the trial by seven. That's the only thing we didn't see, and they want to do unexpected things. That's an interesting idea. I kind of ha have a hard time seeing how that would come about, except for, you know, Mountain Clegane uh, or Mountain Hound thing with six other guys on each side. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah, kind of doubt it would be who really would be cool. They, who would they be trying? Cersei? Mountain? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine, but yeah. I think uh, it would be awesome. <laughs> what what I could imagine is maybe not a trial by seven, but a reflection of it, a, a show oh. version where you do have seven people fighting, seven people in the midst of a bigger battle okay. going on. The problem is like, who would the seven be? We don't have seven in characters on we have seven, Cersei's side. Yeah, on Cersei's know? side. We have plenty on the other side. Yeah. There'd just be Golden Company dudes. Like, that would be weird. Or her, it'd be others, it would just exciting. be the Kingsguard. It would be all the Kingsguard. There's exactly I, seven yeah, of them. Yeah, I guess. The but, hills. But, the mountain and the hills. But it's not... I feel like it's not like this super exciting thing because we don't care about these characters, you know? Yeah, we would care about our... our you know, the the northern, southern side of that, not, yeah. the, not the Kingsguard. Um from Ryan Arakawa. Did last episode stray from George R. R. Martin's anti-war themes? No, I don't think so, because I think he, you know, his anti-war themes are usually rooted in human versus human conflict. I don't think he's 
got the same attitude about these fantastical armies, you know. Uh, but and he he shows you know the trauma and the loss, and um, you know it's not shown as much on on TV. But you know they gave they slowed it down for Theon's death. They gave they made Melisandre's death meaningful. You know there was. I did not feel at the end of this episode like, yeah, I want to go to war now. Like, <laughs> I don't know if, how many other people did. But. That's a good question, though. I like thinking about these meta questions. Um, and we wonder, you know, how much the showrunners pay attention to that as far as the more distant things that George is thinking about. You know, obviously, they, they stick to the outline of, of uh, the, the bullet points of, of what happens in the books. But I'll also I, say, I, oh, oh, go sorry. ahead. I was just going to say that I left the episode feeling very fired up about this validation about the anti-war message and about the message about needing to work together. But it remains to be seen. We still have, as you pointed out, Aziz, more material in the back half of this season than we've already seen. Yeah. So um, the jury's still out. I hope to see time spent with their trauma and the aftermath and and showing that people still fight and war is bad but we'll see yeah um super chat from strange tv for house beard thank you very much buddy good to see you <laughs> jared barger asks is sam the lord commander of the wall now oh good question do they need of lord commander right now i mean i guess that's something that has to be sorted out but He's if lord there's commander no more threat two people like, yeah there's no wildlings <laughs> i don't know that might he might be though i mean by default he might be i can't get this image left. yeah like sam <laughs> giving this impassioned you know uh, inspiring speech. He gets fired up and he yells and then it cuts and he's talking to two people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm sitting doing her nails. <laughs> <laughs> what? Speak up! <laughs> so let's move on to plots we can expect. Things that are seems very straightforward line that we don't necessarily expect to know how they'll go, but just the idea of which plots are happening. John and Danny, the claim issues and the love issues. I think we don't really have to say a lot about the claim issue. We, we're very, very adamant that John just doesn't want the throne, and it probably won't matter. Like he'll he'll tell Danny, "I don't want the throne." He'll have to make some sort of maybe official proclamation or abdication just to make sure it's cleared up, and that'll be it. I don't. I really don't think there's going to be much more to it. They he, did it so quick and easy with Bran. He's like, yeah. "Not me." Like, yeah. okay, not you. And then just moved on from that. So I the one thing we could be wrong about is again, Bran's timing was very suspicious. Like, why did he want that reveal to happen? So there's still that lingering, like, what was that all about? Yeah, we still don't really know why that it might just be I, I had kind of theorized that it's just really for the audience. It's Could, not really time for John to know, it's time for the audience to know. And it's yeah. that they need to lay it out, make sure everyone watching the show that isn't a super fan gets what's going on. Well, and one thing you said earlier that re is very relevant here is that when John, when you're talking about John kneeling to Danny, he did not kneel to her because of his own stubbornness or anything. It was because he was representing the North. That's what could happen here as well. If Sansa, Arya, and stuff find out that who he is, which is not unlikely at all, they might be like, it's your responsibility. It's your duty. This is like the North is in big trouble the way Danny's handling things. Like, they're very, you know, Sansa and Danny's conversation was all about, you know, it ended with at an impasse. And that's part of Sansa's concern. So if she can convince John, hey, why, you know, if Danny is queen, is she really going to take care of the North properly? The only way we're going to get a good deal is if you push your claim and take care of us properly. You could see that happening. I don't 
really think it will, but you could see them pushing that. So I was going to bring this up later, but I feel like this is the moment. Okay, this is the moment, yeah. What was the deal that Danny made with Yara? Wasn't the deal that she gets to, you go ahead, be queen of the Iron Islands, support me now, and then you can be your own queen when this is said and done. Was, wasn't that the, the deal that they made? That is the deal. Yeah. Yara was in first. So doesn't it make, at least set a precedent, Okay, fine, Sansa, John, whoever, you got the North can be its own. Just support me in this war now, help me go beat Cersei, and in the North can be its own kingdom. You don't have to bend the knee to me. At least a precedent has been set for that. But it does seem like a slippery slope. Like already well, two are out. We don't have yeah. the seven kingdoms anymore. How far will Danny go down here, that line? Here's the here's the argument against that. You're not wrong as far as precedent being set, but the circumstances were very different. Asha or Yara was saying I'll join you, and I'm bringing something to the table. All my, this navy, potentially, you know. But in the case of John, and in the case of John and Danny, Dan, John didn't bring anything to the table for jo- Danny. It was the other way around. Danny's like, I'll come save the North. The North arguably owes her, even though arguably the other argument is no, that's the whole realm. She needed to defend the realm. Yeah. But if that's not her part of her realm, then really, then where's that argument? Like, then she was doing them a favor, you yeah. know? So that's what the difference is. There, there was, Asha was, Yara was offering something. It was like, I'll join you, but uh, but the deal is I'm not submitting to you after. I'm giving you this navy. That's a huge offer. John isn't offering an army to Danny. He's not offering to help uh, if he's going to help her now which we see in the trailer maybe that is the deal maybe he's like okay we're going to help you fight for the throne but the deal is afterwards we're independent might be the yeah. same kind of like a little yeah. give and take maybe um, next question is from up from under Winterfell thanks for the great content this week and at Ice and Fire Con I'd love your thoughts on Kit's comments about the next episode's Shakespearean feel yeah I was just seeing this just before we went live and Kit Harrington basically weighs in and says that it's his one of his favorite episodes, you know, and they, you know, we can maybe say he's just saying that, but I don't recall him saying that kind of thing before. The quote is this, the world is safe now. They're celebrating and saying goodbye to lost friends. But as an audience, you're going, this is only episode four. Something's going to happen. And that's the cool thing, because I think the characters are aware of this as well. There's something twisted and uncomfortable about it. It's so Shakespearean. Yeah, like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know that this isn't all the tragedy. <laughs> yeah. It's not over yet. So I thought that was really interesting. And it speaks to the same suspicion we have that the trailer is, is hiding something from us. Uh, so we've sort of covered this already. It's, it's, it's just this is just more evidence for it. So what else do you have to say about it? I think a lot of this in general is pretty Shakespearean, I will <laughs> say. Um, one one thing that I, if correct me if I'm wrong, but one thing that's missing from the trailer and the, the stills and everything is Jamie. Yes. Right? Very curious about that. And yes. one thing we know was set up, Bronn's going to kill Jamie. Like, yeah. I don't know if or when that would have happened. You know, uh, it seems unusual. It seems seems like this burning of the dead bodies, that's got to be like opening scene, really. Like but Jamie's yeah. not there for it, you know, so... Makes you suspicious of... Uh, Did he just take right away, leave right away? Just head off south? Yeah, like <laughs> I, I came to fight for the living. That fight's done. Now I'm going back to my yeah, sister. that's my a tough call. Unborn baby, maybe? Is it... Where's his loyalty? Like, is he... Because, like, that talk he had with Tyrion was like, they're... You always knew what she was. Like, they, they were... It was kind of like an I'm done with her conversation. But unborn kid. Like, that's... That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And if he doesn't go back to her and the North isn't interested, then then where does he go? I do think a lot about the idea of how Martin, and I assume the 
D&D want to reflect Martin's idea of when the big battle is over, that's not the end of the story. You know, how yeah. the, the winners rule in the wake of the battle, the fallout, the people that have died, some of the stuff we already talked about, you know, that's still, there's a lot of drama and intrigue and questions about how that goes. The problem is, I don't think that makes for the most exciting TV. It's especially the culmination of such a massive show. Yeah. It seems like as interested as I would be in council meetings, small council meetings, discussing issues, you know what I mean? Like the mm. idea of like this, of, of Danny on the throne with people from the realm coming to her with questions and issues and she has to figure out how to yeah. deal with these different things in council. I think that would be super interesting. Yeah. I would love to see that. But I don't know how many people are going to tune in for three <laughs> episodes of that. Yeah, you know, after yeah, the yeah. Night King's already dead, like people still want some kind of <laughs> payoff and action I don't, I and tension. Are know? they worried about that though? Like, is there really any chance that there are there? Was that ever like on the drawing board at the, at the, in the room? Like, we better be careful or people won't watch the last three episodes. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's still, I mean, they but want it to be well received. They want be, ratings. Right. You know. They want it to be satisfied. They don't yeah. want it to go down in history. It was so awesome with the insult. They don't, yeah. they don't yeah. want that. You know, I agree. I agree. Uh, next super chat from Steven Stark who points out that YouTube premium gives you a free super chat that's cool didn't know that well cool everyone who has YouTube premium that used to be called YouTube red I suppose you get a free super chat for live streams I don't know how often maybe once a month a couple times a month but that's cool feel free to use them on us from Juan Felipe Mendez I do not recognize that currency COP is that's interesting I'm curious what that is the question is if when you play the Game of Thrones you win or die do you think there will be only one at the end? I love the podcast. Thank you for working so hard. Well, thank you for that, Juan. I think John and Danny will, at this point, I think John and Danny will both be alive at the end. Um, given neither died during Night King, I think, I don't think dying to Cersei is all that likely, but uh, I do think Cersei will die. I, I guess there'll be sort of only one at the end uh, because John never really pushed for it. So I don't think he was, he doesn't count as a claim, even though he has yeah. a claim. So I think Danny is going to, it, it, probably win the Iron Throne at the end. Before I, you know, we had our hopes about Sansa and other people maybe taking the Iron Throne, but those were all kind of boiled up into the idea that Danny might die. Now I don't think she's going to die. So at this point, I think it might just be that straightforward. Danny's going to get the throne, and that'll be it. It I might still, just be that simple. I, I, I'm, I'm still going out on a limb and thinking she's going to die. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be super end. surprised I'm if I was wrong. But... In on, on that and cool. that note for me, that's what I am hoping for. Well, Where do you stand on that, Sean? A, a little while ago, I, I started thinking about, uh, I wish I could remember if I decided this before the season started or not, but I started thinking in terms of a bittersweet ending isn't just characters die or don't die. There's things that can be bittersweet aside from live or not live. And with that thought, I started to think that both Danny and John would live and the bittersweetness would be that they can't be together even though they're in love. Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. And that's still kind of where I stand. That said... I wouldn't be surprised if John died or Danny died or they both died. I like it. None of those things would surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> my my somewhere between my hope and expectation, like my most likely thing is that they do both live, but they don't live happily ever after. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I do not think there's any chance for them to live happily ever after uh, after discovering that they're related. I mean they may like ag agree to be happy on their own, <laughs> but yeah. I don't think they won't be happily ever after together. Yeah. Maybe on their maybe differently. Um, from JC, John finally finds out he's not a bastard. Wouldn't it be natural for him himself to want his newfound birthright? Yeah, it would in a sense, like he might want to be 
to have a claim in a different way, like to not be a bastard. But I don't know. I think he's I think he's done with caring about that, maybe. And I definitely don't think he wants the throne because it's just never been in his care. He's never wanted that kind of authority or power. He's wanted to go fight. He's wanted to prove himself as a warrior. He's wanted to prove himself worthy. But this is this is something else. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a good way to approach the question. I hadn't considered it that way, but it still doesn't really change my opinion, I don't think. I, right. I don't know if it's natural for him to want the birthright. I, I, mm. I'm not sure I can exactly relate to this scenario, you know, but yeah. I, th- I think it's natural for him to want what he's always wanted and not to suddenly completely change. You yeah. Know? I, I'm just trying to put myself in those shoes if like I found out. It's just like, turns out you're adopted and your distant relative is actually the prince of luxembourg or whatever and you you're, you have to go there and be the or if you want you can go there and be the prince of luxembourg you're like i don't think so man i've got my friends and my life and my hobbies and my home i want to talk to rita know. first before yeah, turning yeah. down prince of luxembourg i don't like suddenly want this thing you know like <laughs> uh, f- uh from matthias c super chat without a question thank you matthias appreciate that Okay, let's move on to plots we can expect. Um, we, we've kind of talked about this John Danny claim stuff and the love issues are tricky. Uh, maybe not so tricky because, you know, we know that uh, it's a big turnoff for John. It's less certain how Danny feels about it. Probably less of a problem for her. But even if they were to get together, it's still a problem because she apparently can't have kids. Anyone who takes the throne... Super important to have an heir. To name an heir, it's for stability. To prevent chaos, you have to have an heir. So no matter what, that's going to come. I mean, it should come up. That if Danny takes the throne, see now if Ashea is right and she just dies, then that doesn't come up. But if she does take the throne, she has to have, that has to be settled. You know, maybe it'll be settled in the last episode, but it's something that should come up. So this leads into another thought that I have. It's a little bit more like full end game rather than just this next episode. Yeah. But I feel like they've at least laid some groundwork for for that issue. The idea of her wanting to smash the wheel. Yeah. And Tyrion kind of asking her about what happens when this is over? How are things going to go? Yeah. And the Iron, Islander, Iron Islanders mm-hmm. electing their leader. I can see, I can see, like I almost want to see hmm. someone saying, okay. you know what, maybe we shouldn't have such a random way of picking a leader just because some watery yeah. wench flung a blade at you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should have some better system, you Strange know. Strange women lying in ponds, distributing well, I, I will interrupt you guys to bring up one of the super chats we got from a name you'll recognize, Matt A., Right there, who said, what chance is there that no one will sit the throne, the wheel will be broken, and the monarchy ends, that all the marketing has been a misdirect? <laughs> we've we've discussed that idea before, and the marketing is both, uh, is kind of an argument against it, because I don't know that they're that sneaky with their marketing, but it's possible for sure. You know, the whole hashtag for the throne seems a little strange if that's not, you know. I think they're exactly that sneaky. I think okay. it's pretty, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm thinking too much of them and I want it too badly, but I've long felt since before the season started that it was mighty suspicious. So maybe Danny isn't going to be the queen. Maybe she'll be the president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still kind of see her being in charge at the end, you know, maybe not under the same governmental system. You're still going to have a leader at the end of it all. They're not going to just go straight to a 
a full representative democracy or something like that, it would still they would still have like a, a leader figure, you know, a top guy or girl. I, <laughs> I think that's possible, but I also think it's possible that you gotta think about who they is. Like it's possible that each kingdom just is separated in their own individual independent kingdoms. Yeah. That, that doesn't have to be one throne for all the kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And maybe Danny's in charge of I don't know, the Stormlands or something. But, you can hope. Uh, I would hope not because, you know, as, as it, it gets a little meta in terms of like centralized governments talking about the real world. But one thing that's hard to argue about is that whenever when it's one realm, you're a lot less likely to have war. That's that's just an important bottom line of like things like the EU and all that is that, well, there's a lot of problems with the things that come like that, but they do not, you do not go to war with each other. And that is a huge, huge uh, thing in the con column or the pro column rather, not the con column. (laughs) 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 So anyway, uh, unless you have more on that, let's uh, move on. Nothing particular. I can imagine it coming back up later though. (laughs) Yeah, probably will. Okay. So yeah, so the war with Cersei is certainly a focus um, so we kind of try to imagine how a lot of these characters will fit into this role. You know, how are they going to play out in the in this war with Cersei? Uh, one character that we didn't necessarily predict would be a big deal, who seems to be from Stills and from uh, some other information. Hat tip to Joe wrote this, uh, a.k.a. Joanna Robinson, who wrote an article called The Rise of Varys, who she she thinks based on some photos and some other reasons, that it looks like Varus is going to be pretty important going forward. And that it could be like a Master of Whispers war with him and Kyburn, or there could be, we could hear about him getting certain houses to defect from Cersei to Danny, things like that. The kind of thing that he's always been a big part of. You could see why he's coming back into the fold again. And that would be, that would also explain why they didn't kill him off. So, any... Yet. Pre, any yet. <laughs> yes, it still could happen. Any predictions for... Varus getting back in the game and how he could, like, I, I definitely wouldn't want to be, I definitely wouldn't want Varus as an enemy. <laughs> I agree with that. And uh, so I think, but I also wouldn't want Kyber as an enemy. <laughs> so this could get interesting. I have a hard time thinking about what's going to cause Varus to die. I expect him to, I fully expect him to, Melisandre told us. Yeah. Um, And I kind of joked that yeah, you're going to die in Westeros, 80 years old, in your own bed, you know. Like, uh, well, he couldn't die the way Tyrion wanted to die, I guess. But um, I don't see him getting in harm's way, though. It doesn't seem like he's going to be in a sword fight with somebody, you know. Maybe he'll be poisoned or literally stabbed in the back, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That would make sense. Uh, it's It seems like he's been a key character throughout the series, and um, that said, a lot of his... Value comes from his, his network of, of information and spies and so on, which I can't imagine how he still has that in place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's been so far from King's Landing for so long. How could he be maintaining contact and relationships and getting information? Well, he the thing is he could reestablish some of them. For sure. But by next episode, I don't see how it could happen. Yeah, maybe. You not. Know? Yeah. <laughs> that might be something that's, that might be part of why the episode is long or we see things drawn out, of, but they'll, not unlikely that they'll just kind of hand wave some of the time. Um, so we'll just have to see how that goes. Varus should be pretty valuable in, in the uh, coming conflict and we can see why. Uh, speaking of other people who will be valuable, we don't exactly know how, but having Arya on your side in a war, clearly useful, clearly good. <laughs> <laughs> like, she knows what's up. She can shoot a bow. She can kill a Night King. She can sneak around. She can put on someone else's face. There's a lot she could do here. However, 
I don't think it's too likely that she's the, the person that kills Night King and Cersei. And, and that was long a popular theory that she would kill Cersei. She's on her list. Now, with if if you buy this as a reason to dial back the likelihood that Arya does it, does this push us back towards Jamie or something else being the person to kill her? Because that's heavily foreshadowed in the books. But they haven't really brought that foreshadowing up in the show at all. They talk, they like compressed the Valonqar prophecy into just about the three kids dying. They removed the part about, you, you know, the little brother will... <laughs> you know, kill you. That's not how exactly how it says, but it's the little brother will, will kill her basically yeah. is, is the short version there. So what do you think? Um, do you, do you believe, do you agree with that, that Arya is less likely to be the killer at this point? Or do you think they could still have her do that? I guess she might be less likely, but I'm not sure how likely she was in the first place. It's, it's hard to figure out, but one, I want to point out, like, I'm not a hundred percent sure Cersei's going to die in the first place. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, that's always possible. Yeah. If no one, if no one kills her, then yeah. Some thoughts that I've had, and, and you know, of course, you have to reevaluate stuff. And I wasn't super sure about any of it in the first place. But generally, going into this season, I I was suspicious of whether or not anyone would be on the Iron Throne in the first place. That was something I'm not even so sure anyone will be. I was also suspicious of whether or not the Night King would be killed at all. Mm. So I seem to be proved wrong on that. So yeah. I could be proved wrong. Certainly, could be proved <laughs> wrong on other things. But if, if, you know, if it's just a war, if they like siege the walls and the uh, the Unsullied and the Northern Heroes are fighting the Golden Company outside the walls of King's Landing and they breach the walls and come through and we get some tragic deaths and someone charges into the throne room and Cersei's sitting there waiting with a glass of wine. <laughs> you know, who's that going to be charging in there? Are they going to shove a knife through her belly? Would that be Jamie? We're not going to see her graphically killed, I believe. Yeah. I really don't. It'll be like Stannis where it's like, It'll be like clean and not very, not like not visual, violent or gross, not over or, the top. Yeah. The thing is, I don't know if we'll be more graceful. Will be satisfied with. I think I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who want to see it. Well, they, they can show it. They, they can show it without it. it being bloody, though. That's my thing. Yeah, I will not be bloody. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I would bet a lot that it won't be bloody. It won't be like Mad King Ares, like being stabbed in the back and all that. It won't be. It'll be cleaner, I think. I mean, again, always could be wrong, but, uh, but chances of Arya killing her, like. Uh, one way to think about it is like, who are the different characters that could kill her? Who are, let's just five different ones. Yeah. So that's 20% chance each. So now it's Arya killing the Night King. Does that, let's say it made her 10% more likely. So now it's 22% chance yeah. that she does it. I don't think it's suddenly a guarantee I, way, or, I, or that she will or won't. I'm going to go out and it's not really on a limb. I'm going to go on a limb and say she definitely dies. I do not think there's any chance. I, I see what you're saying about a chance that she lives. I really, really, really don't think so. But if you want a clean way for her to go out that doesn't involve anyone killing her, it's the way she almost killed herself in season two. She just poisons herself. Yeah. And yeah. says, okay, I've lost and no one's going to like claim my body or get the honor of killing me. I'm doing it myself. Like she gets to go out on her own terms in a sense, you know, possible. Anyway, Euron we don't want to, let's do not it. stick to on that too long. There's Euron might do it. In there. fact, I think Euron's more Euron could betray her else. and kill her. I agree. But the problem with that is I, I, I don't really think that's going to happen. I think if Euron betrays her, he won't kill her. He'll just leave. I don't see the point in him killing her. Like, why? What would he? What's the purpose of that? If there, if the other people are about to come in and wipe her out, why would he need to do it? Because that's why he would quit if if she's losing. So why, why accelerate that? Might just leave, just go. And the second thing is, he wants a prince from her. He wants a kid from her. Yeah. And he's not going to do that until that kid is born or impossible. So I just, yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to kill her. I could see it, but for that reason, that's super important for him. If he finds out she has Jamie's baby. Yeah, if, she, if he finds out it's not her kid. If Jamie yeah, okay. comes back, okay. reveals that, 
Okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, I didn't think of that. That that would maybe change his mind. <laughs> and and another thing he might want is just to be the king himself. And which he won't get by killing her though. He needs her to defeat the dragons and all that. Yeah. He, he's not going to like shoot himself in the foot by destroying his only ally. Unless he steals the dragons. Cuz that's just 9/10 of the law. If he can like kill Cersei, <laughs> he's literally gonna, sitting on the throne. He's not going to steal the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> in the books he might. <laughs> Jamie. So let's talk about Jamie. That's Oh, sorry. I'm not done with Arya yet. Big difference here off uh we see a very quick it's so quick in the trailer, I bet most people missed it. She's kissing Gendry again. There's another shot of that. So uh, it wasn't a one-night stand, <laughs> which is cool. <laughs> so they may, there may be a relationship developing here. Um, and speaking of someone who I don't know what's going to happen next for them, Gendry, legitimized. Lord of Storm's End could be in his future. That's not unlikely. Um, but as far as their romance continuing, I don't really know what to say about that other than we'll have to see. But uh, it's interesting to note that it is still happening. Any thoughts on that? I definitely n- never thought of this ending in general with like these happily ever after moments. And even if it did, I didn't think that would include Arya settling <laughs> down. But I uh, maybe who she know, might maybe. have a better chance of finding love than Especially anyone else. Especially once all. Cersei's yeah. dead and Amalyn's dead, maybe she'll feel like she'll feel like John. She's like, okay. I'm done with this. You know what I mean? My list I, is yeah. I've completed my list. <laughs> start time to start a new list. No, <laughs> <laughs> and again, um, thinking about where the pieces will fall in the end. Yara gets the Iron Islands. Sansa gets the North. Yeah. on Iron Throne. <laughs> Gendry gets the Stormlands. Arya goes with Gendry, I guess. Okay, so let's talk about Jamie now. We talked about him a little bit already. It's tricky. Um, there's people pulling him both ways. The whole thing about Cersei carrying his child is pretty big, but there's also Brienne and Tyrion on the other side. And that's very meaningful. But like you said, not in the trailers or still. So they're definitely kind of playing that close to the cuff. And we wonder about Bronn, how that's going to play. I, I can almost guarantee you the Bronn crossbow thing is going to be in the, la- in the last time on. They're going to be like, remind us of that. And yeah. to see, yeah. it's, time, it's time for that to play out one way or the other. So we'll see. But do you think there's much a chance that Bronn actually tries to kill Jamie or Tyrion? Or do you think it's more likely he either does neither or even joins them? I really can't decide. I, I feel <laughs> like what should happen is that he joins them. I feel yeah. like that's what should happen. But there have been so many times where what I felt like should happen didn't happen. <laughs> um, and sometimes I even... I train of thought, you expect them to go against expectations. Yeah. So a lot of times what seems like the obvious thing, you feel like, okay, well, they can't do that because that's what everyone's expecting. And then they do that. (laughs) 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 I just don't know. (laughs) That's great. All right, let's take a quick mid-roll break, come back with another set of questions, and then more on plots we can expect and things that we might not be able to predict as much, as well as the rest of the characters we haven't talked about. Shout out to Watchers on the Wall for their coverage and their uh, friendship as well. We're all buddies. And they do a great job of covering the stills and a lot of stuff that's going off, going on off camera. And we look forward to seeing them at Con of Thrones as well as a lot of you other people at Con of Thrones. Don't forget, $5 off your ticket purchase for Con of Thrones by using the code HISTORY. And again, if you missed it, all three of us will be there. All three of us will be doing panels Please say hi and have fun with us. Party up, party it up. It's going to be a great time. We love Con of Thrones. Just want to reiterate, Con of Thrones, Ice and Fire Con we just came from, how much more connected and enlightened I feel 
Never mind the fun and entertainment. There's so much to these cons. I can't recommend enough anyone who's in the back of their mind thinking maybe I'll do that. Maybe yeah. some people are like, it's not my thing or I'm antisocial or uh, I'm understanding of some people yeah. who are just not going to do it. But anyone who's kind of on the fence that thinks maybe they might like it, do it. I'm Get off that you. fence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so another shout out for our friend Chuck, whose business Fanomaniacs is awesome. Fanomaniacs.com is where you can find it. He does a lot of awesome fan-related uh, art and clothing and cool stuff like that. He made a combination lightsaber Valyrian steel sword that he brought to Ice and Fire Con. It was so cool. It's black fire. It's, it lights up, and it has the lightsaber sound. And he was dressed up as, what was it? Uh, what was his costume? It was, it was Bale. He was like Damon Organa. Damon Organa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was Damon Blackfire mixed with Bale Organa. And it was very cool. So that's the kind of creativity you could expect from Phantomaniacs.com. Check it out and hopefully find something for you. You can also see on the screen right now an image of the Blackfire Rebellion jacket, which is quite cozy and flecks the wind very well. I love it. Yes, yeah, so Shea wears hers all the time. Also, shout out to farfarawaysite.com, which has the best high-res images of not just Game of Thrones stills, but a lot of other fandoms, a lot of other TV shows. So, very underappreciated site, in my opinion, and definitely good to give them a shout out because we get a good amount of use out of them. Okay, uh, let's move back to... Uh, a couple of characters who have unclear roles going forward. We talked about Bran briefly, but, um, you know, he could be useful as a spy. Those ravens are pretty neat. But does he, is he really interested in the Game of Thrones? I kind of doubt it. Like, on a personal level, definitely not, I would think. But, again, we come back to him revealing the parentage thing, wanting that parentage thing revealed to John, And I just, that's related to the throne, I guess, unless there's a meta reason. So... In a sense, he's shown that he does at least have a quote-unquote interest. You know, maybe like a personal interest, but he has – he's involved. Uh, so we can't write him off. Um, but I don't know that we have we, – we, I think we've pretty much covered that already in past episodes. We'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens. But just to throw out, there's still that Brantyrian convo that happened. We still wonder what happened there. Have you – have any new thoughts on that? Do you, do you see anything different about that conversation now? Do you think maybe Tyrion sees it differently after the fact now that the battle's happened? I wonder I wonder about some of those things. We didn't really get much from Tyrion after that moment. I mean, just even in a crypt, he just took a swig of wine. He didn't have any, didn't seem to have been enlightened or been given hope. Or yeah, there was no like prophecy. Future plan or, yeah. that he's, you know, he didn't seem to get some comfort from Bran. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. That's frustrating to me. Yeah. You, you never know that, you know, Brand might say, hey, you know, actually the White Walker's threat isn't gone. You know, that's been theorized. I'm on the side of it's probably done because I keep, I think they keep things simple. And I, but you think back to, well, it's almost a joke, right? Like, what happened to those babies? <laughs> they blow up too. It's like back at the ice crib. Did that kid just explode into shatters of ice or maybe he's still alive? If, yeah, if he's still alive, then there's our epilogue. There's still some White Walkers. I mean, you think about it. How did they beat the Night King the first time or the others the first time? Was it that they didn't destroy them? Clearly they came back. So maybe and this time the threat. They thought they destroyed him. Maybe, but, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we talked about repopping. You know, he had a second life, you know, <laughs> and he had, a, he had enough points to get a second guy. <laughs> uh, so anyway, if, he thinks the threat isn't gone. That might be a reason that he wants John on the throne. However, if the threat isn't, if the threat's gone, not gone, 
Will it really come back soon? If it took 8,000 years to come back last time, is it really an immediate concern? I don't know. I don't think I buy that either. You know, like it does seem like it would be kind of an epilogue thing if they do it at all. Not a, oh, actually, we still have more dead to fight in right. the last three episodes. I really don't think that'll happen. I agree. I, my thought has been that the Night King or some permutation of him is still a looming threat, but it's going to be like this final moment. Like, you know, Danny sitting on the throne, scream fades to black, and then suddenly a blue eye opens. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Night King arises, for, you know, some or a, a bunch of babies, a bunch of blue eyed babies are crawling. <clears throat> <laughs> tortoise <laughs> so speaking of babies ice babies the size of hounds <laughs> speaking of babies and trauma and loss one of my favorite comedic tweets or comments about the whole about the battle was that gilly lost a lot of nephews <laughs> feel bad for gilly a whole bunch of her nephews died <laughs> won't someone think of gilly <laughs> okay um let's talk about uh, a few details of some some early business to do with the war on Cersei's side and maybe a few other sides and then we'll get into our next set of questions. War for the Throne stuff. Like She looks so good in that royal red shoulder pad outfit. I swear, maybe she and Danny should just say, all right, let's not have fight. Let's not fight. The realm's had enough war. Let's have a fashion show <laughs> and whoever comes out on top, that's the queen. And it, they really do know how to design attire in the show. That's just like, that's a queen. Like you look at that, like, that's a queen right there. You don't, there's no doubt. So it would be a pretty epic fashion show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that's probably not going to happen. So not with that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> but we see on the other side, we see Danny and folk having a planning se session, which Shay will put on screen here. And you see like the pieces and the, the they're making war plans to attack King's Landing. So there's definitely, it looks like we're getting some sort of planning battle scene. I like the, I like the planning session. Sometimes they're not thorough enough, but should have them, you know, it's nice to have them. They're a good uh, way to set the stage of what's coming. Let yeah. us know what the intentions of the characters are. And they look really cool. You get to see the maps and the pieces yeah. array. They look good. We get to see a large Targaryen fleet. There's a shot of it. And it's a reminder that there's still a lot of ships on Danny's side. It's this cool ass dragon prow you wonder if yara has is i doubt she has anything to do with this because they're targaryen ships they're not Greyjoy ships you know they're not kraken ships but i do wonder what she's up to whether she's successfully taken the iron islands yet or whether we'll that they're going to delay that a little longer kind of just not much we can say about that it's just a developing situation nothing's really changed about yara in the last few episodes we have a shot of euron on his knees to cersei which I don't know. It could just be him doing like his flowery gesture kind of thing. It could be a marriage proposal, though. You know, what did you read anything into that moment? Or was it do you think it was just a, just more of them showing Cersei and Euron together? I, I think he's just trying to make himself subservient to her. He's, he's playing the game. He's supposed to play. He knows his role. That's a good point. He might have a more long term plan, but uh, I, I feel like he is effectively already proposed to her. Like maybe there will be some more. Yeah, they're already sleeping together. Giving her a ring or something. <laughs> but like he pretty much announced in court, like, you're my intended. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, so Kyburn, that's another one. I wrote, what will Kyburn do? And Sean wrote, what won't Kyburn do? <laughs> <laughs> Allison O asks through email, can he make a new army of the dead or at least a few more, maybe a couple more Gregors, something like that? I don't see why not. He did it once. Why he can't? I don't I don't think he can make a whole army because it, it looked like Gregor took a while. You know, it, it, that wasn't a quick thing. Maybe he could do the sec do it quicker the next time. But still... 
he'd have to do that for a bunch of different individuals. And uh, Gregor was half dead, which it's not exactly easy to find half dead people. I wouldn't be surprised if he made some more servants, but I kind of, I'm a little down on the possibility just because of general simplicity. You're thinking of how they're going to run things, but Kyburn's going to do something. I feel like he's, he's just keeps doing clever things and that's as good a guess as any. One thing I was expecting earlier on that I'm still expecting is not a scorpion or a couple scorpions, a battery a of scorpions. A bunch of them, yes, yes. In fact, I even started to feel a little more confident in it, even though I'm not sure how realistic this is, but rewatching the scene where Jamie tricks Tyrion. Yeah. Pulls the forces to the reach and Tyrion shows up or, you know, the, the Unsullied show up to King, to uh, Casterly Rock. And um, we see in the bay uh, the ships, you know, Euron ships attacking the Targaryen or Greyjoy ships, kind of stranding the Unsullied there. And it seems like every ship is catapulting fireballs. Yeah. What if every ship has a scorpion on it? Ooh, okay. Like if every ship can have a catapult, every ship can have a scorpion. Yeah. And you're talking, that's, now we're talking scores, hundreds, Right. We're talking about armies of thousands. Yeah. That takes hundreds of ships to carry. That's the dragons might just get removed from the battle. It's possible. You know, if they it run into that. So good call. All right. Let's go on to the second set of questions. First off, from Lord Commander George the Golden. What does everyone want the final scene of the series to be? I just his, told you. His would be <laughs> his would be, George's would be Sam putting Heartsbane back in place on the wall in Horn Hill as its new lord. What do you think, Sean? Did you give this one any thought ahead of time? Do you have any ideas, or maybe you thought about it before? I thought maybe a brand. I thought maybe a brand thing was popular. That's a popular one for the books. A Sam thing is pretty popular too, like writing down, setting down to write this this history of what just happened. Something Stark like, maybe you know. I don't know. I have thought a lot about both what the final moment or image or scene will be, and I've also thought a lot about Sam. That, that, that this particular scenario here, I, I don't particularly. Expect for a couple reasons. Um, one, I expect Heartsbane to be given to somebody else. Okay. I, I expect that someone's going to, in fact, I'm specifically wondering and curious about where Heartsbane is going to go. And maybe it'll just go back to Sam's family, but I also think that Sam's a good chance he returns to the wall. Maybe there's no need for the wall anymore. It's partly collapsed. The wildlings are south. The dead are defeated. Maybe they don't need the wall anymore. Hmm. I I was going half joking, you know. I was joking about the uh, ice babies the size of hounds, but I was pretty <laughs> serious about the final moment. Might be, you know, a corpse opening up to blue eyes. I, I do think that is a okay. legit possibility. Yeah, that would be that would be the like an epilogue final scene. Yeah, but if that was the final scene, then that doesn't leave because another thing I had considered was that maybe there's still a need for the wall. Maybe if mm. the Night King isn't defeated, he, maybe he's. Defeated but not destroyed. And so the wall still needs to be maintained, which is another way I thought that John might not be able to just be able to go to King's Land and marry Danny. He has to go back and man the wall. Yeah. But if there's not a need for the wall, they don't realize there is, and why would Sam go back either? Maybe Sam is the Grand Maester of uh of for for Danny at King's mm. Landing. I could see that. Uh, and and that would in almost any of these still lead to him like Finishing up the book and closing it, you know, like in Tolkien. I, I don't think, I think it's too copycatish for either George or D&D to actually do that. Okay, yeah, I don't think yeah. they would actually do that. But but I can imagine him like 
telling the story to little Sam. Mm. I'll write about it one day. I can see something. Like <laughs> yeah, that. okay. I can see that. I have wondered if the final moments of the show would be kind of like the Return of the King movie, how we had these feigned endings, you all these different characters and plot lines. Then you have the scouring of the Shire. Yeah. Like, Whoa, there's still more going on. They'll, they'll probably do a little better as far as not feeling like it's dragged on, like these like, oh, Nazi. Oh, wait, there's a little bit more. Oh, that's, oh wait, there's a little bit more. They probably won't do it quite. Uh, they'll probably do a better job than that. But they'll, I do, do a, they'll do a post credit scene. You might. <laughs> like Marvel. <laughs> Ooh, wouldn't it be awesome if there's a trailer for the spinoff? And, oh, that would be cool. I thought they have another film, for, but, but yeah, yeah. Be, that would be cool. All right, let's move on. Um, oh, the other post side question here is who's getting Hearts Bane in the meantime? Um, yeah, since Jorah is not is dead and maybe nobody, but maybe maybe it's time for Sandor. Are you? <laughs> it's a bit large for her. Well, you said nobody. I was, oh, yeah. right. Good one. <laughs> Got me. Uh, Anthony Vasquez asks, what's Melisandre's real identity? I don't think that, you know, I kind of think that is her identity. She just extended her life really long. I feel, I still, I'm not sure. In a book, there's evidence that her name was Melanie and not Melisandre, which is, you know. That explains it all. (laughs) But I think that, and I do think that that's probably her background in the show, even though they haven't outlined it, that she was a slave sold to the Red Temple and... A lot, as a lot of the priests of the of Valor are, they were raised as slaves, kind of given to the temple, and it's maybe not anything more difficult than that. But I don't think that, you know, I don't think she's like from Westeros. You know, I do believe that she's from the east, not from Ashai, even though she's Melisandre of Ashai. I think Ashai is where she became what she is, but I don't think she was born there, especially given book canon, which says that babies aren't born there. <laughs> There's no kids in Ashai because it's just. It's messed up there. Maybe she wasn't born. She was conjured. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, if they were going to change show to book canon, that might be possible. But I don't think I have a really solid answer on that um, other than to illuminate the details that we do have and let people kind of make their own guesses. Percy P2. Seems every kingdom in Westeros should be fractured in disarray. Who could join a side and play a part in the last war, if any? Cheers. Great content. Well... You know, that's a good question. I think, for example, uh, Dorne is maybe doesn't have a leader right now, but their armies were never massacred. They never lost their military power that I can recall. And the same would apply to the Vale. Uh, the Vale brought not that big of an army north. There should be a lot more soldiers in the Vale. They, and they weren't part of the War of Five Kings, so they shouldn't be that decimated. But they also have maybe some leadership issues. But Robert Aaron's alive and isn't exactly dependable. (laughs) So there's that. Uh, The Stormlands has not been, is kind of the kingdom, the forgotten kingdom of the TV show. And there should be men there, but we don't know because maybe there were lots of men drawn from Cersei's armies earlier. And that's why she needed the Golden Company because pretty much everybody is depleted. Yeah, it seems to me like a lot of the Stormland banners would have been called Renly. Yes. Who then would have moved to Stannis, yes. who then got wiped out in the north, right? Some of them, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some of them fought. I mean, not all of them Not all of them fought for Stannis, though. Most of them didn't want to fight for Stannis. Some of them did. Well, after Renly died, some of them defected to Stannis. A lot of others didn't. They joined the Lannisters with the marriage, the Tyrell yeah. Lannister marriage. But uh, yeah, anyway, I think that's uh, a pretty good rundown. I think the Riverlands is quite messed up. So is uh, the West has lost a lot of soldiers, but and those would be fighting for Cersei anyway. So I hope we get a bit more of a rundown on that. And maybe they'll give us a little more sense of what everyone's relative military strengths are. 
from Alan Carstairs. In episode three, they showed a scene of Rhaegal's belly being torn. Do you think they will lose Rhaegal from Ballista? I mean, if either dragon's going to die and not both, Rhaegal's the one and not Balerion. I mean, Drogon. But I'm kind of on team both dragons are dead by the end of the series. Uh, and yes, as I briefly touched on earlier, there are several scenes where it looks like Danny is checking on Rhaegal and seeing whether he's okay. And then we see him flying and he has holes in his wings. So he's, he's okay for now, but he was hurt. Um, that's something I kind of appreciated that getting to see the dragon battle in better lighting. You could really see it was pretty badass. Like he rips half of Viserion's face off and Viserion claws his belly. And it was like, it's very much the same kind of descriptions that we get in the dance of the dragons when we have dragons doing dragon battle. And it's like, it's like, Hey, good job. They did their research on how dragons fight dragons. That was cool. Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't do the research. Maybe they just arrived at the same conclusions. Either way it worked. Everyone knows how dragons fight. (laughs) Anthony Vasquez, I'm not talking about who sits the Iron Throne at the end, but who's the real winner at the end of the day, in your opinion? Okay, good question. Like the meta, like who's actually has a good life afterwards? I guess maybe that's a way to judge it. Like Iron Bank. <laughs> Iron Bank, yeah, they always come out ahead, don't they? Damn, good one. I mean, if Sam gets to live and so does Gilly and they have this kid, that's that's way more than you can ask for in this setting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in a sense, he's a winner. If Masande and Grey Worm get to go off together, that's they kind of come out. That's a win in, in a sense. Uh, if Yara gets to sit the uh, Sea Stone chair at the end, it's a win. John, it's kind of hard to see John having a win, but he could have maybe some peace. You know, if Danny gets to be the leader, that's a win for her, I guess. Even though it's maybe not what she exactly think. Maybe it's not all chalked up what she t- to be. What? Yeah, you know? I, I will say a lot of the characters, even if they get what they think they want. It, they will not be a, a winner in the end. Yeah. I don't think Danny being on Iron Throne is necessarily a win for yeah. her. Yeah, it might be, but maybe not. She might be. She might be happy with it. Uh, Arya and Gendry, if they get together, that's a win. You know, I would think if they stay together, Tyrion maybe gets to be Lord of Casterly Rock or something like that. By the way, this question—if you depends on your perspective. If we're thinking about like the next few years or even the rest of their lives, what if we think about? A hundred years later, a thousand years later. Oh, yeah. That's curious. That's a good I question. think the real winner might be Arya. Arya yeah. or maybe Danny. Hmm. I think they're the ones that will go down in history. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Getting written in. Okay. That's a good take. That might change. Well, depending on how the next yeah. couple episodes play out. But like right now, if, 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 if the last episode had been the end of the, the, the season in a series and you thought about how things were going to go a thousand years from now. How yeah. the, like right now, we think about these prophecies told from the past, these characters we know about, right? Yeah. Aegon, Azor Ahai, whatever it is. Think about who it's going to be from this moment in time, this generation, who yeah. the prophecies, who, who the tales will be told of in the future. You know? Definitely, and how, they're, and how they're told. You get some, it's interesting, you get some of that in the books because in Bravos, when Arya is at the, at the uh, training to be to do you know being act to acting and all that. There's a play that play that that happens right mm-hmm. with yeah. where Ned's head is yeah. cutting, you know, all that stuff, all those caricatures. Very much like that. You're right. That's the same concept, and that's one of the reasons that episode was so good. Is like that is what's going to happen. <laughs> I can't remember who I was talking to. It might have been Ashea, but I I, I I considered the idea that it's possible that a thousand years from now the characters that get talked about are Davos and Sunday. Sure. The people who, the, these leaders and these warriors yeah, we were talk, brought together by... We, uh, we talked about a bunch of the different characters that and what terms they would go by over the years. And we touched on this in our episodes that I've been on recently. And in the bonus episode we're going to do, 
you know, have some fun talking about like what characters could go by, you know, like again, yeah. you know, the onion night and what, how would people interpret that a thousand years from now or yeah. Brienne the beauty or they're calling Theon the drowned wolf. The yeah. Fandom is, which is, that's yeah. a really good one. You know? Yeah. I, I, in fact, I remember now specifically Shay, the conversation we had, cause I remember thinking about the idea. Um, if <clears throat> imagine this, this tale that we've been watching or reading books, thousands of pages of material, scores of hours of material that we've been watching. Imagine if you had to tell it all in two paragraphs and you (laughs) wanted those two paragraphs to be entertaining and symbolic, right? So the way characters get described might be very different. If you can't go on and on and on, like Danny wouldn't get her full, you know, mother dragons breaker, you don't get all that. You have to get one of those, you know, and, uh, and so would John and Davos and all, you know, all these different characters, a thousand years from now, we'll get a little, a little clip, a little, just a little, and and the way it could get distorted over time. I'm going a little bit of a tangent, but it's a neat thing to think about. Yes, it's, the prophecies we've heard, the tales we've heard already, you can imagine, have already been distorted. Someone had some agenda when they told that story, or the they didn't have they an agenda, things, or they just they just didn't get the point right. They just left out translation just, of the yeah. languages and uh, Male, the interpretation of different mm-hmm. cultures, and exactly, yeah, yeah. so many things. So. Okay, moving on. Uh, from Will Moss. Do you think Danny will die just before taking the throne and John will have to take it even though he doesn't want it or no chance of joint rule? That's a good way. That's a good theory. I mean, if they wanted to give us some conflicts and bittersweet, like tough choice for John, that would be a way to do it. Uh, that way, it's not about John versus Danny, which I don't think anyone really wants to see. And also because that would be weird because John, all these things we said about how it doesn't fit John's personality. But if, yeah, but if he's the only claimant left standing, ugh. That's an interesting point. You know, if Danny dies, there's no other Targaryens. There's no other clear leader. You know, Sansa is a great leader in the North, but for the Iron Throne, I'm not so, I'm not sure about that. Even though I, she's one of my favorite picks for it. I, it's, it's, that was more of a fan pick. Like, I don't actually think that's ser- super likely, but. Uh, I don't think it's likely. I would think it's awesome if it happens, but I would be worried about who gets the North also. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if she's on the Iron Throne, she could rule the North, you know, kind of... She would appoint somebody that she trusts, et cetera, but I don't know who that would be. Exactly. I can't think of a good candidate, (laughs) so it makes me think that it won't happen. Okay, that's fair, yeah. Uh, Stephen Stark, Super Chat. Aziz is a legend. Ashea is the best. Sean is the Prince of Luxembourg. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, very good. Juan Felipe Mendes explains that the COP is Colombian pesos. Okay, cool. He says, I've thought for a while that at the end, John might go back to the wall because I doubt the threat is really gone, leaving everyone else to deal with the realm. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we we discussed that possibility, um, but he did leave the wall before the threat was gone when he was brought back from the dead. So that's maybe a counter argument there, but it's a different situation now. It'd be a way for him to remove himself. If he's like, I don't want this throne business. I don't want to, I don't want my claim to matter. That would be a way for him to set his claim aside. would be to take the black again, re retake the black. He also, if I remember right, left the wall at that moment because he knew he needed to go rally more forces. He could do more. Fair by, point. Yes. Right. That's a good point. <clears throat> I, I had speculated. I can't remember if we talked about this on a podcast or not, but, and I feel like this show wouldn't get into this, but, why Why did John, like, John made vows to the wall, but he left the wall. Why? Because he died. Yeah. he died. Okay, so if when you die, your vows to the wall are gone, it seems like it might follow that any claim you have in a throne is gone too. No, I don't agree. Because the word, the text, 
the wording of the nice watch oach is it will, my watch ends will not end until my death. That does, yeah. That's not like a standard thing for claims. It's like specifically the language of that oath is why he's gotten out. It doesn't, I don't think that applies to like, if you die, your claim is gone. I mean, it should be because you're dead. But if you come back, like there's nothing, you, your, you your identity back, isn't reset. You know? You're still the, yeah. you're still the same person you were because claims come from birth. They're not from oaths. That's the difference too. It's a claim versus an claims oath. Claims come from birth, not from death. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. That was a really good idea there. Uh, Jason uh, Pichuiak. Sorry, I'm sure I said that wrong. Double super chat. Thank you very much. I don't see any questions here. Jancy Overell, no question. Just wanted to show some appreciation for your superb podcast. Ashea is the best. Yes, she is. And thank you, Jancy. Lauren Ashley Jessica Kirby. Is that two people? Or is that just a nice long name? Lauren mm-hmm. Ashley Jessica Kirby. Cool. That's that's like titles, titles there. <laughs> because Cersei is Magor with teats, perhaps she goes out like Magor. We find her dead on the throne and never quite know who it was. I kind of like that idea, but I don't think it'll be bloody like Magor. Magor was like found, like impaled on the throne, like the sp- swords like sticking out through him. It was like, whoa. Uh, and again, I'm really not, I really don't think we'll get a bloody Cersei. But finding her dead on the throne... From maybe from the poison or just dead without the blood. Yeah, I could see that. That is kind of cool. Um, I kind of don't think we'll be guessing who it was, but I like that idea. Um, any thoughts on that? That's a, I, I think that if we did do that, we would. it would be that she drank poison. I think. Okay, yeah, I, I like that idea too. Uh, Highlander Services, that's a cool name. How about a circle to complete that Cersei goes out the window like how Bran did? And Ashea notes that that would also be like how Tommen went, which is, that's, yeah, that would be, and that would be the elegant death without blood, like how the Emperor in Star Wars falls, you know, like that yeah. kind of thing is done. What's his face from Die Hard? <laughs> falls <laughs> off the building. <laughs> that's the like, that way you can do the slow-mo death, like, no, <laughs> they're falling. So, I, I, yeah, that's a good idea. Jamie pushes her. Out the Red Keep window or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jamie with the golden hand, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super chat from Will Carter. Shout out to you, Will, for hooking us up at Nashville. Looking forward to seeing you next month and the month after. From Miriam R., no question. Thanks for all you do. Well, thank you for the Super Chat and for the patronage. Brett Garten, do you really think that Jamie or Tyrion will kill Cersei if she's pregnant? Okay, now I admit, didn't think of that wrinkle. And no, I definitely don't think they'll kill her if she's pregnant. But... She might lose the pregnancy before that. That could be a way to kind of get around that. But that is an interesting conundrum. That does make it a lot less like Jamie. Absolutely won't kill her if she's pregnant, I think. Tyrion probably won't either. I'm Man, suspicious that's, that's that, a good one. that Tyrion would kill her in the first place. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He might advocate for her execution, but I don't think he's going to like go up and stab her or something like that. Yeah. I don't see that. He's not that kind of dude anyway. Jamie, I don't know if being pregnant... <sighs> Maybe it being his It kid, really affected huh? him when he found out. Yeah. Like, that was legit. I don't know if he could... He's turned his back on her, but that kid is a whole other thing, and it's innocent, you know? That's a tough one. It's certainly hard to predict for sure, you know? I would definitely lean towards that staying his hand, but... Whew. Yeah. What a conundrum. Hmm. <laughs> um, we'll have to see, I guess. He'll Mar- just pay Bron to do it. <laughs> <laughs> From Bron Mar- will ask how much. <laughs> <laughs> From Meredith, yeah. Are you killing a kid? How much? I need three more chests of gold and the twins. <laughs> Meredith Glassberg asks, the real threat is the wars of men. Remember, the Night King was a weapon run wild. As the new Three-Eyed Raven, wouldn't Bran be concerned about war? Yeah, I guess he might. He might be concerned about the realm being torn up just for, for peace's sake and all that. But it's hard to tell what 
he cares about at all now. Was it Three-Eyed Raven concerned about Robert's Rebellion? Balon's Rebellion? Like, maybe not. Maybe he was, and we never know or see, but it, it doesn't... It seems to me like he's worried about something much bigger. Yeah. He's been waiting thousands of years, and there have been a lot of wars in the past thousands of years that, as far as I know, he hasn't had any particular involvement in. But when the Night King came, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, let's move to action. Now the Night King's gone. I think he's... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wiscoism, death is the enemy and the enemy always wins. That's that quote from a couple people. The sentiment has been expressed by several people. I forget who actually made that specific quote. Sandor expressed that same sentiment during the battle. And yeah, I mean, you can't beat death. I guess they sort of did, but it was just a setback for death. <laughs> yeah, they, they won the battle, but they're not going to win the war. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from Juan Felipe Mendez again. Thank you. The Song of Ice and Fire has had very few musical numbers, if you ask me. That might be a good ending. Yeah, they just break out into dance at the end, like Jamie and Cersei twirl each other around, Tyrion and Bran just spin his wheelchair around, uh, Arya starts... I don't know what Arya would do. She just starts throwing things at targets. <laughs> what was that? Slumdog Millionaire. Anybody see Slumdog Millionaire? It's, yeah. That's uh, a lot of, uh, I guess that's a Bollywood style. A lot of the movies just end in a musical number. Just all the characters, they'll come together and sing and dance. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, question from Linda Prasuda. Not sure if you covered this already, but they didn't focus on the Dragonglass Dagger on the ground after the Night King was killed like we saw when Sam stabbed the White Walker. Don't you think they'd want us to see that? Well... Uh, Linda, you may have missed it. It was not a dragonglass dagger. It was the cat's paw dagger, the Valyrian steel dagger that uh, Littlefinger gave to Bran that little that was originally used to try to murder Bran. And then Arya passed it or Arya got it from Bran. So there was some confusion about that. A lot of people saw thought it was a dragonglass dagger. But on second look, it's definitely the cat's paw dagger. And so we can't assume it would work the same way. And what she's referring to, if any of y'all forgot... The dagger on the ground was Sam couldn't pick it back up. It was it was too cold. The dragonglass dagger had filled with, you know, whatever the White Walker's essence or something like that. And I suppose Valyrian shield just doesn't work that way. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe Arya was like, "Damn!" and then dropped it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and she's looking around like, "Oh, that really worked, didn't it?" <laughs> so it's a good question, but I think that it's probably covered by the fact that it's a different type of dagger. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about more who's going to actually fight in this war. As we mentioned earlier, Danny and John's like the Danny's forces and the North are kind of not standing together. Not that they're like opposed, but, you know, now that they're common enemies defeated, you can see sort of people kind of going back to their tribes, so to speak, and taking, you know, being reforming their own teams instead of just the living team. And just... As a manpower issue, like North probably doesn't have a whole lot to offer to help Danny. Um, but uh, John is still effective in battle, especially if he can fly Rhaegal, which is no reason to think he can't, given the trailer. And so there's you can see how he would help, but as far as manpower, eh, I don't know, they have a whole lot of that. Um, we have Danny giving the speech saying, We won the Great War, now we'll win the last war, which is <laughs> Yeah, the last <laughs> war. Come on, Danny. That's not the last war. I mean, it's the last war of the Game of Thrones, the TV series, but surely in a virtual Westeros, war is just around the corner again, even if the corner is a generation or two long. Um, but you do hope they address that. Maybe that'll be part of the end game of addressing their system of government and hoping to come up with something that War doesn't start just because two people have a claim, you know? Like, if you get rid of this claim system, then that might uh, that might really help. There is a... 
I keep I keep finding World War II parallels. Hmm. Uh, I, I feel like I hadn't either thought of it or hadn't dwelled on it as much until this season. And just the idea that they call it the Great War, even you know, yeah, it makes you think about you know that's Martin would have grown up in the wake of World yeah. War II, and I can see how however much however active or conscious it is. I'm sure. That's in his brain as he writes and just thinking yeah. about the fallout of how the powers of the world behaved in the wake of World War II. That's a good point. Yeah, he was born in 1949, so it would have been just after World War II. And mm -hmm. there certainly would be effects for a long time after that. So that's a, that's a great point. I don't know if you could think of... He lived during Korea and Vietnam. Those would have, of course, affected him as well. Um, but World War the, the aftermath of World War II would have been right there from his birth. Mm -hmm. If if Hitler is some kind of parallel to the Night King and Hitler's defeated, there were still villains in the world. Oh, and yeah. there were still wars oh, yeah. happened and Good point. Even though that was clearly the greatest, there were there's clearly others. We here's we have a shot of uh Rhaegal looking um with his holes in his wings that Sansa's watching them fly off. Uh before that we have Danny going to see Rhaegal, like I mentioned earlier, and it's maybe in the trailer it's not necessarily obvious, but you slow it down, you say, Oh, that's a green dragon she's going mm -hmm. to check on. And then she there's another shot of her looking up, looking pleased, and Drogon's behind her. So to me it's like, oh, he can still fly. Rhaegal, that is. It's like so that's what I was talking about before. I don't think there's a whole lot to say about that. Other than we see them departing. So we know that that in this episode, we're what they're gonna do what they do and start marching south. Whatever else happens, that's gonna happen. Um, it's just a matter of when, whether it's the end of the episode, in the middle, who knows? Yeah. We, that shot you mentioned earlier, Rhaegal passing over a ship. It doesn't look like John is on Rhaegal, but that doesn't matter because when they came north, they didn't ride their dragons. They rode on a ship. So that's, that's not very telling. Um, and we, and we, here's the actual shot that Shay is going to pull up now. We actually see John leaving Winterfell. Davos is with him. It looks like Tormund's behind, but he's not necessarily following. He's not on a horse. Gilly is also watching. You see Gilly from behind or behind them. And I'm guessing Sam is there too, but he's obscured by those horses, like because there's John on a horse and Davos on a horse. I'm guessing Sam is there too. So it only looks like John and Davos on a horse, which which kind of implies Tormund may not be going with them, and Sam isn't going with them, which also makes sense. Sam wouldn't march off to war. That's <laughs> not not necessarily likely. It's probably more needed up north. Um, any thoughts on who might be a part of Danny's? Army and he maybe maybe Varus is part of that bringing getting new alliances to bring some troops in. I I honestly don't expect them to spend too much time on. It. I I really think that they're barely going to address the losses. Thing like okay. all right, let's yeah. go. You know I think they that might. I, yeah, I mean they just don't have Dothraki, but still they have they may still have enough. And there might be here's the thing about about uh, Sansa and the Iron Throne and the claims. Let's say one I have an idea on how they could resolve it. Dan, John says he's going to yield his claim and that's that. That's one way it could go. He's just like, I'm not, I'm not interested in having a claim. So whatever we need to do so that I'm removed from the line of succession, I'll do it. Sansa or someone else might be like, well, hold on. This is an opportunity to bargain. Just tell Danny I'll, you'll yield your claim if blankety blank for the North. Do this for the North. Do that for the North. Promise us this. That's a reasonable exchange of... In for, uh, you know, things that are needed. Uh, it's a reasonable bargain. So it's possible that that could happen. Um, and the romance of, if we're coming back to that, I just think it's dead. I think the romance is just gone. I don't think they go back to it. Um, 
they didn't really have good on-screen chemistry anyway. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like they're like, we got to push this. Um, and let alone the fact that the plot doesn't seem to be heading that way. Do you feel differently? I don't think the romance is dead. I I wouldn't argue too strongly one way or the other for okay. what kind of online chemistry they had. But I do think that they have set them up to be in love with each other. Okay. And I think that will cause them to be torn. Mm. But I don't think that they're going to be determined to stay together no matter what. I think they're going to okay. prioritize the other obligations of their life above their uh, relationship with each other. Okay, that's fair. I like that take. One thing that could help smooth over these John Danny issues was referenced in the crypts when Tyrion and Sansa are talking, and Missandei Jimson says, "Yeah, the Dragon Queen. Without her, you know, we'd all just be dead now anyway." Well, the point being, Tyrion and Sansa have reconnected somewhat. They've reestablished a working relationship, sort of, at least, at least on the surface, and that might really help smooth things over with this whole Sansa Danny thing, John Danny thing. Tan Tyrion being handed the queen, having a good relationship with both John and Sansa, you can see how that would really help, like as far as working out the issues, um, having these good, trusting relationships. Um, okay, uh, certainly y'all have time to ask us some more questions. We're going to shut this off in 15, 20 minutes, so get your questions in if you have them. In the meantime, we will spend a little bit of time talking about who we're worried about. Let's do some worries of the week. We haven't done that in a while. It hasn't really been appropriate to do worries of the week in a while because it's all just coming up to that battle. And everything is the worries of the week about that mm -hmm. battle. We were every, all, all the deaths were, well, are they going to die in this battle or not? And I don't think anyone else did die outside of the battle. The first two episodes was, did anyone die? The... Umber Kid? Oh, the Umber Kid um, died, of course. So, well, yeah, we had we had some we had the Umber Kid and some off-screen deaths uh, of the rest of the Umber's family and all that. But yeah, you're right. So it's very little. Um, now, so now it's a good time to reset that. I see. Uh, do you think Varus is on that list, or maybe that maybe given what we've said today, maybe he's going to that gives him a little more lifespan or leeway. But yeah, I'm, generally Melisandre said I'm, he's going to die. Right. So. <laughs> I generally I'm going to include him as a worry of the week each week, but I uh, I see it less this week than before. But if he's alive after week five, are we just like he's definitely dead in episode six? <laughs> we're like, damn, <laughs> that candle's burning low. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tyrion, Jamie, and the Bronn situation that could go. You know that it's so unlikely that Bronn is going to kill Jamie, but. I guess there's a chance. Yeah. Man, that would be wicked. That you can't would be really ignore the fact that Ron's on this mission, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean he will succeed, but if you're thinking about who might die. Got to throw that out there. Um, yeah, and then, so Tyrion, I definitely, I even, la I feel even more, maybe not. Maybe, maybe Bron killing Tyrion is more likely than Bron killing Jamie. Either one seems unlikely. <laughs> but I guess maybe killing Tyrion's a more... He has a less of a bond with Tyrion because he's fought, you know, with Jamie more recently and got more promises out of him. But there's still the whole I'll pay you double and there's still their connection and there's still the, you know, the idea that Bronn wants to be on the winning side, <laughs> you know. <Yeah>. So <laughs> I don't know. That's a really tough one. But I think we all kind of agree that it probably won't go down with Bronn doing the, the killing here. What I wonder I if we'll see. I wonder what we'll see is commode. They're having a meeting. John and Danny are trying to work out their da da da, and like, Your Grace, a visitor. And it's Bron, <laughs> you know, arrested. He had this, you know, and like, <laughs> shrugs his shoulders. Hey, what's up, Cooper? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Let's see. Well, uh, yeah, so Euron, I guess Euron will probably last longer. I don't think he would die in his next episode. It seems like it would come a little more, a little later in the conflict. It's um, a conflict we can see coming between Yara and Euron, though. Whether or not it's this episode is generally something that we got to be worried about. Yeah, definitely. And again, these are long episodes. This next episode is long. So. Yeah, it's only like two or three minutes shorter than the last one. It's like 80 minutes instead of 82. And then the next one, the one after that's like 78 minutes. And then the final is another 80 minute one. So yeah, these are beasts. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's this is a really good question from Paola Severino. And it says, what missing character can realistically come back? And one of the reasons I think it's such a good question is we've been teased very vaguely by... I forget who, showrunners or something, that there would be some loose end plot lines wrapped up, which gives us a chance for, I don't know, just throwing names out there. Dario, uh, Howlander Mira. Mira. Um, what are some other ones? Edmure Tully. Edmure. That's actually a perfect one. Edmure Tully is a good example of someone that we, we have a good chance of him coming back. And that's another place they can get manpower. Edmure has, by, in, this, by, in this time it's passed, Edmure has done some rebuilding in the Riverlands and thus has some sort of contribution to make a thousand troops, something like that, a modest uh, contribution. That's a, that's a pretty good, pretty good idea. I think any other thought, who else could come back? Um, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with a hard time of thinking of someone else that isn't dead. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was Kinvara, maybe. Yeah. I guess it's too I, late I'm for her. I'm still waiting for little Robin Aaron. Oh yeah. Robin, Robin Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. We did yeah, mention him earlier. Call. Yeah. That's a good point. He, he, we didn't, that, he should be mentioned in this discussion as well. That's a good point. Uh, another character we just haven't seen in a while. Um, Nymeria. Um, hot pie. Oh, Nymeria. Yeah. Hot, that's a good one. Um, I'm, I'm a bit cynical on that one given the lack of ghost action, but Hey, it's possible. Uh, we we probably won't see Ed Sheeran again because he had his eyelids burned <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I if we think of any others before the last before we call it quits today, we'll throw those names out there. Well, but there's definitely some possibilities, but there's also the time to consider. Uh, Sword in the Darkness asks: Is it possible that Bran may end up on the Isle of Faces with the Green Man to live out his life? It's not unlikely, but the problem with that is that they just have not brought up the Isle of Faces. Yeah, at all. Really, or at all, period. It doesn't seem like that's something to show, a direction the show is going to go. Yeah. However, it does beg the question, where will he go? Was he just going to chill at Winterfell the rest of his life? Which is entirely possible. That's his home, you know. But he may decide, hey, it's time for me to go off and marry a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Join it. Be a part of it. But, yeah, who knows. Uh, So I'm down on that possibility, but I do think it's a possibility for the books. Very, very strong possibility for the books. But I also think there's a possibility that Isle of Faces is destroyed in the the books. So we'll see about that. Uh, From Malik Smith, super chat with no question. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. All right. Last chance to get a question in. We're going to start wrapping up here. Sean, any final thoughts? Any final predictions? Any things we didn't talk about? Any expectations that we missed? Any uh, wild predictions that we didn't get a chance to throw out? One thing that we should keep in mind, we have seen these visions of King's Landing in ruins, we'll say, with ash yeah. or snow. That is a thing that we've seen. So when or how that plays out, whether or not it's symbolic, whether or not the visions are of the future or what could be the future. But we saw t- at least two different characters, right? Danny and yeah. Bran both had that vision. So it is something to think about what that mean, how that will come to be. It's a great point. Maybe adds a little bit to the idea of just no one being on the Iron Throne. Yeah, because if it's just destroyed, then yeah, yeah that's a great point. Uh, and 
Here's a here. Okay, so Mal Smith did have a question here. He's added the super chat with the with the question um, in here now. Will the coward of Deepwood Mott lose his head? <laughs> we did talk about him briefly, and I do think there's a chance for that. Um, I think there is a, a distinct chance that they will consider his oath broken. And even if he didn't break his, even if he can argue that his oath wasn't broken, it's a cowardly thing to do, man. Come help the North in its hour of need. I mean, he was all, he was one of the first, he was so like, we're standing with you a thousand years. Like, and he yeah. was apologized so profusely for not being there. like, dude, what a, he's got some, mm-hmm. some comeuppance is, is warranted for sure. And, and losing his head might be the way they go with it. But we'll see. Or he's already dead. He was yes. already. Then it would. Then hey, it hey Aziz, I don't. Yeah. I think you should excuse him for not joining the war because he's a Glover, not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we call it a day. How can we top that? <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for coming today. We appreciate the support, both live viewers, likers of the of the episode. Hit that like button. Like and subscribe. Thank you for the patronage. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you to Ashea for running all the technical side, managing the chat room, and so many other things all at once. She's kind of a kraken herself with 10 different arms back there. She doesn't let you know that she has 10 arms when she's on camera, but it's true. She has 10 arms. And thank you to Michael Klarfeld for the maps. Thank you and the video intro. Thank you to Jesse Kowal and Joey Townsend for our music. And thank you to, well, just thank you. (laughs) I I, I probably forgot somebody, but yeah, we're very appreciative of y'all. This season has been super fun. It's always great to interact and have everybody together. Valar rewatches and Valar reread.